Hello, everyone. We welcome you all to another episode of the Cosmic Matrix podcast with your hosts, Bernhard Günther and Laura Matsu. Today's topic will be discernment, intuition, and judgment. And these are very important words, so to speak, because they affect all of us. We want to be discerning. We want to trust our intuition. And we want to explore this whole idea of judgment because, you know, it's kind of looked down upon in quote upon spiritual circles to judge somebody. What does it mean if we judge somebody or something? So we'd like to explore um, that from all kinds of different angles and from our own experiences. But the best place to start from would be maybe with, with some basic definitions of discernment, intuition and judgment and our own ideas around it. Yeah, our own definitions, not the Webster's Dictionary definition. So we're going to start with intuition. I think that's a good place to start. Yeah, intuition, because, you know, we all hear that a lot that people say, just trust your intuition, follow your intuition. And that's great advice. But it's easier said than done to trust your intuition, let alone tune tune into your intuition. And I feel... Um, most people, and myself included, especially in the past, have mistaken all kinds of things for intuition. Yeah, and I like um, Gaber Mate does a distinction between a gut feeling and intuition. So gut feeling, I find, well, this is what he defines gut feeling as. Gut feeling is either dangerous or not dangerous. It's an instinctual um, survival mechanism, whereas intuition can give you all sorts of information. You could be looking at someone who looks sad in their car, and then you could all of a sudden know that they broke up with their partner or something like that. Like intuition can contain a whole bunch of information, basically, um, that you wouldn't be able to know just by looking at the person. And also, not everyone is intuitive. We also just have to recognize that. Some people are more pragmatic. Some people are more left-brained. Um, not to say that, you know, left-brained people can't be intuitive, but it's also, especially people who have water element really um, strong in their chart and certain astrological placements. So there are more intuitive people, but... It's like anything else. Um, it's a skill and a skill gets better with practice. And uh, in, a lot of us mistake, um, all sorts of different things for intuition, especially strong feelings. And I just want to share quickly, um, this, uh, conversation I had with a psychic recently because I've, I talked to psychics about how to become more psychic basically. Um, and I've been talking about honing my intuition because I sense like it's just, I can feel that, um, because my state, my, uh, kind of state of mind has changed, I'm, receiving more energetic impressions from the environment and it's hard for me to distinguish what is what sometimes um but she made a really good recommendation where she said use because i'll get like i'm a clairsentient which means i feel things but so i use this kind of thing as she calls like a hit of information where you feel something emotionally you're like oh something's happening you know when you get that sense something's going on and then she said to tune into intuition you have to tune in from this place of um uh um that's the word i'm looking for you have to be 
non-attached to either outcome. So as long as you have a preference on which, which, what the information you're receiving is going to go, whether you want it to go in one direction or good, or, or even if you have any sort of bias, your intuition may be off. And she actually to, said that, you know, you don't want to tune into your intuition with your sacral chakra, which is where a lot of our emotions are, but into your, uh, sixth chakra, your third eye. So try and, tune in from a place in you which is a little bit more impartial basically and this went against what a lot of people I see think is intuition where they have a strong feeling and then all of a sudden they think that this is an intuition when that's actually just a strong emotional reaction in you and it could be a strong emotional reaction in response to information that you got but that's a whole different story so so yeah, that's a very important point which I find out for myself as well that true intuition is not a feeling no. It's what I would call more deeper embodied knowing. But that knowing is also not just a mental process of just a thought in your mind. Um, Karen, Miss, uh, remember she said something similar, you know, about intuition. It's, it is, she also emphasized it has nothing to do with the feeling. No. And that's a very mo a common misconception that we mistake intuition for just a feeling we get about something. Yeah. And feelings themselves, it's also important to, you know, some, to tune into our feelings, how I feel about certain people, certain situation, teachings, and whatnot. Uh, but just trusting your feelings is also very tricky. People say, just trust your feelings, just, you know, or the new age over some uh, simplification. Just do what you feel like doing. Just, you know, think with your heart. That's also a distortion, <laughs> right? And because feelings can be clouded and biased and distorted through our own stuff that we are carrying. Yeah. On a very basic level, our own, like you mentioned before, our own bias, our own wounds and traumas, our shadow projections, our wishful thinking, and all of that we can mistake as, as quote unquote intuition. Yeah. And most often when a strong emotion is coming up, it, it has its roots in the past, not the present. Most majority of the time, what I've found out. So, and also when you receive, like, I, I can give an example. We were in this like outdoor store. Um, like a week ago and I just saw this exchange went on which was like a millisecond between a clerk and a guy who was in the store and I realized oh he just tried to steal something and like there was pieces that kind of I could put together based on what I was seeing physically but I just knew you know and it was just so instantaneous and I find with intuition you just get the whole you get a huge part of the picture in like a fraction of the second so that's how you know it's intuition and another thing as well is that um these intuitive like faculties start turning on once you have quieted your mind and for the majority of people mm. like if you're getting into like a thought loop around something and then you get an intuition i would say majority of the time that's not an intuition that's something that you created in your mind right so intuition is instant Yes. In the moment. And it, and it isn't related to a bunch of thoughts that you were just thinking. Yeah. Like if you're just stressing out about a situation at work and then you have a quote unquote intuition that your boss is mad at you for something, that's not an intuition. That's your own thought loop that you've created. You mm. might be right, but that wasn't an intuition that was created from your thoughts. So the prerequisite for accessing <laughs> deeper levels of intuition is, and this is what I learned in a lot of psychic development um, books and from psychics themselves is you have to learn how to quiet your mind and then the information comes. Cause that's also how we receive information from the environment. If we're caught in our own little world and our own little thought loops and our own little like dramas going on in our head, 
we might get intuitive impressions, like kind of sneaking in between the times that we're not having a thought, but it's going to be so mixed up with our own thoughts and that who are we to tell which is which? All kinds of interferences that are not our thoughts to begin with, mm -hmm. right? But you said also it's very important at the beginning, like with anything else, some people may be naturally more intuitive than others. Yes. And you said, correct, you can actually see this in the, in the natal chart, in the astrology chart as well. You know, uh, some people are more head centric by nature and, and whatnot. So there are all kinds of differences, but the key point is, you know, to still your mind to also, which also implies to be more embodied, right? To me, in tune in your body to kind of be able to know yourself better, to know, you know, it, it's, it's just basic self work. The more you, I feel the more you work on yourself sincerely, basic psychological inner work, childhood work, inner work, shadow work, esoteric spiritual work, meditation, and so on, you strengthen your intuition. It's almost like a byproduct, so to speak, a natural byproduct. If you're sincerely engaged in this self work, you come more in touch with your, with your true, the intuitive quote unquote mind. Yeah. But it's also still a skill that you have to practice. Like, right. so even though it's happening naturally, like I was doing this Korea recently, I did it for like 120 days because <laughs> I'm crazy, but it was a byproduct, a known byproduct of it is strengthening intuition. And even though my intu my intuition got um, strengthened, it was like having a horse, but not knowing how to ride it. You know what I mean? So you can have these impressions But you still have to know how to work with it as well. And I think that takes practice. And I've no, I've like, I, I, I've seen too this common thread in a lot of like, uh, psychic development books. I read psychic development books, obviously, <laughs> um, is that you have to also be able to get yourself into a brainwave state in like alpha or theta, or that can be your natural functioning state if you're really like chill all the time. But you have to be able to get yourself into uh, a less active brainwave state. So usually we're in beta brainwave state when we're doing our activities in the world. And you have to get yourself into alpha or theta basically at will. Like you need to like be able to, to in order to access like intuition on command and for the most part like unless you're actively training your mind through some sort of mind body spirit practice and doing inner work as well because that naturally is going to calm you down you you're not going to be able to access those realms it's just it's just because you're in this space of activity and thought and action which isn't a bad space it's what we need to be in in order to get our mind working and get things done but it's just not the space where these energetic impressions really come in mm-hmm That's interesting. Yeah. I'll, but I've also been struggling actually. And you helped me with that as well. I remember like, because I'm also very intuitive, but sometimes don't trust my intuition, mm. you know, which I then relate to. Um, also like if you have certain self worth issues or any, I'm not good enough, certain shame, guilt, whatnot, you just don't trust yourself. You know, it's like, to say it very generally, if you don't quote unquote love yourself, you don't trust yourself. Yeah. Right. Because, because of childhood wounding because you have been not mirrored correctly by your parents right yeah. because if you may have felt wrong for certain feelings or emotions you had or a lot or of any behaviors whatever it may be and parents like who gaslight you and tell you that oh i don't remember that happening that's really exact common, gaslighting you know? then makes it even more confused about your own impressions and then on top of what we obviously we we grow up in a world the so-called first world where the intellect is worshipped. You know, in school, we're not yeah. being taught anything about trusting our intuition, developing intuition. The the intellect, the mind, the IQ is worshipped. You learn nothing about emotional intelligence or the body-mind connection. And it's not to, 
to emphasize that it's not about demonizing the mind either. We can get into that later as well, the importance of critical thinking to use your mind correctly. But it's just this overemphasis on, on, on the intellect and, you know, and the diminishment of, of the bodily impression of intuition and all of that, even, even, you know, the suppression of gut feelings and all of that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And also with this thing, once you can learn how to also validate your own intuition, it becomes stronger. It's like, you know, you need that positive reinforcement. So I find like a good activity is to, I think we did this on the, yeah, you can, so basically you need to make predictions on something that you have no stock in. So, you know, make a prediction about if someone texts you, who's that, who is that texting you, phone call, etc. You know, and then you can start just practicing it. Just practice it on things that like you have, like you're not going to gain or lose from, you know, because the more that we, because then when we're practicing, because we need to know what that feels like. You know what I mean? We need to know what the in- intuition actually feels like. And for me, or at least what I've experienced is a very like, it's not urgent it's not emotional it's like um a very like uh peaceful not a voice because i don't hear it in a voice but it's like kind of take it or leave it like this is what's going on and it's not going to be like anxious and be like no no no, you need to do this right now that actually might be a gut feeling but the things that we think are intuition like no 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 do this do this do this that's actually usually coming from like that's that's a very important point it's a very calm grounded impression that goes even i feel that's why it's even like you just described hard to put into words because it's beyond our five senses we usually operate in you know mm. there's something else and it's very this calm like and it's very sure it's very you just know in that very moment yeah and it's not again like i said it, it's not this intellectual thought process that's that's usually mistaken for intuition as well for example yeah so maybe we can go speaking of thought process i feel that discernment is actually more linked with the thought process exactly so I also want to say, why, why is it important, for example, to hone our intuitive skills? Well, intuition, uh, it's, it's really so much needed in this day and age because when you think about life, life is all about making decisions from mm-hmm. the morning you wake up until you go to bed. So mostly we make decisions for this rational process. I should do this. I should or do mechanical. that. Very, it's most often mechanical and like going through pro and con and whatnot. And it's very conditioned through our own mechanical unconscious behaviors, wounds and whatnot, biases, mm. um, or addictions even, you know, or wishful thinking, what we want to see. Um, and most often, I mean, sure the listeners can relate to that. The mind tells you one thing, what you should do, but the, your intuitive sense gives you a different message. And that's also even so confusing when we second guess ourselves, Yeah, right? We get certain insights intuitively right away, but then the mind questions, it starts to analyze it, gets into analysis paralysis. So the mind is telling you one thing, but your intuitive impressions is telling you another thing. And what yeah. I've learned over the years through time and error that actually the only true response is the intuition or also the gut feeling and not making decisions from the head. Yeah, it's like that quote. I think we've said this on other podcasts. A meditation teacher told me this once, and he was rephrasing someone else that sanity is when the body receives the information first, and then the mind responds. And insanity was when the mind creates the information, and then the body responds. And often you see, like, and this is also a completely 
different way of of living, you know, is strengthening our intuition and letting the mind almost be like the ally to the intuition rather than letting the mind dominate. And that's also something that doesn't just come naturally. It's not something we can will into doing. I feel it's really a prerequisite to learn how to quiet the mind. Like, and maybe there's, you know, I'm sure there's many psychics that have um, a predisposition to picking up more impressions than other people, but almost every psychic that I've worked with and I talked with, they say that in order to develop it, one 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 psychic actually told me who was actually born more, um, you know, clairvoyant. Um, is that he just meditated and he meditated focusing on his connection to the divine. And the longer he's able to stay in that space, the more his intuition got honed. So I really personally feel that even if you're the most sensitive person, it's like any other skill. I think a lot of people can also learn it, but it's really about quieting the mind. And then, so do you want, or you want to talk about discernment? And no, yeah, that as well, but that just reminded me what you just shared. That's why I can relate to that. For example, you, you need to make a decision in your life and whatnot, what's going on. And you're very confused about it. And most often we try to overthink and engage the mind and all that or seek, you know, ask others for insight and whatnot and externalize everything. But in those moments, if you have a problem, like you, about a situation, about decisions you need to go through, that's like you said, the best thing you could do is sit with it and meditate and still your mind, yeah. you know, just get grounded. And then I've noticed it's uh, experienced so many times the answer arises, you know, behind the stillness, the clarity comes, but it does take practice. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like if you, that's why, like you mentioned before, a consistent meditation practice is so important. Only consistency means on a daily basis. And I can see it myself if I don't have it on a consistent basis, then, you know, I can get also too much into my head. I get confused. I'm not very grounded. I need to like get back also into my body. And, you know, get out of these, the thought screen, so to speak, and clear that. And right there, you know, we hold the answer to everything. That's, that's really the truth. Yeah. If you have a problem, if you sit with it in silent meditation for an hour, I feel that's a good free solution for many people, you know? Yeah. Now I've noticed, I mean, that's another topic. We could maybe do a podcast on just meditation alone, but I noticed the longer you sit, sometimes you actually become aware how you know, you're bombarded with thoughts. Yeah, it's that's the insane. first thing. The first thing that you learn and when you start meditating is how crazy you are and how insane your thoughts are. It's like, um, it, it, that's why they call it the monkey mind because it's literally like a bunch of monkeys in your mind who are trying to take you in all these different directions. And it's literally not your thoughts to begin with. Yeah, right? yeah. So discernment. So why is discernment important? You know, especially in this day and age, you know, there's so much information out there. It ties into we need to be discerning when we seek truth, right? Separating truth from lies and who is to say what is what. So we need to be discerning. Um, and discernment really ties into, I feel, both using intuition and the intellect yeah. Alike. It's, it's both at the same time. Exactly. Because you use the discernment to also know your preferences. And this, and, you know, if you have awareness of your tendencies to, you know, in your biases, then you can also have a deeper discernment. So say, 
if I'm aware that I tend to be very swayed by emotionally compelling text, like I know I get hooked in by that, then I can even have the discernment to also distance myself away and be a little bit objective when some emotionally compelling text comes along. So the discernment, it's like having awareness of yourself and how you respond to things and also having awareness and knowledge of how things are out there in the world as well. Exactly. So that's why... Like I mentioned before, most of us, we're way too much in our head, head-centric, close to, to the body and our intuition our, and, and gut feelings. So we know, But most people don't even know how to use the mind correctly, the intellect correctly. Right? That's why I feel it's also important to learn basic logic, basic critical thinking, basic, for example, logical fallacies. When you see, for example, what you mentioned before um, – <clears throat> You hear somebody talk or somebody present something or trying to uh, pers uh, persuade you about something, uh, discussions, arguments on Facebook. You know, if a person sometimes engages in logical fallacies, you, you use your discernment. Okay, this is already not, you know, it's already off. I cannot have an argument with this person, for example. What are very typical logical fallacies? The most common one is straw man argument. You know, when you say something and a person then completely misconstrue what you said, it makes a straw man. You mm -hmm. know, the, the classic example is what people maybe have seen with Jordan Peterson and when he was on a TV um, show in England and this woman said, well, what I, so what you're saying, blah, blah, but that's not what he was saying. She was completely distorting the argument. Yeah. And, you know, <clears throat> so when we, get, we don't understand it, we can get into endless debates and cannot become very discerning or when people attack us personally at hominem or what you mentioned just before um, appeal to emotion right hmm. politicians do this a lot and all of that to kind of get an emotional response uh, and hook into your emotional bias or wounds and whatnot to kind of persuade you and then if you're not discerning and don't apply critical thinking you can easily um, get swayed in the wrong direction so to speak yeah and also um you know, discernment involves um, just knowing, knowing how, you know, for myself, sometimes I had to use my mind to implement new ways of being into me, even though that's not where I was at. For instance, this is just an example. Um, I had to literally teach myself through reading books what secure attachment looked like. And then I had to use my discernment, which went against my attachment systems because I was either anxious or avoidant or there's all sorts of different words for it. Um, but I didn't have, I had pretty insecure attachment, I guess you could say. And so I had to use discernment. So when I met someone, even though maybe the part of my wounds was like, oh, I really like this person. I had to use discernment and awareness of my own habits and use my mind to start implementing healthier habits. So discernment sometimes for me means going like to know that I'm my own worst enemy sometimes, you know, and then also using the mind correctly to learn, okay, but this is what I value and this is what I want to work towards. And I'm going to go through mm. this discomfort process of my own being because I just know where I'm at. So, you know, it's also just understanding. It's also just kind of understanding that sometimes we may not exactly what makes us feel good is not necessarily that's, best in our best interest. That's a very important point. Yeah, not just only with certain teachings or information, but you, you know, we even talked about it to so many in relationships, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, well, exactly. Like it can be very tricky if you don't know yourself, haven't worked on yourself. Just because somebody makes you feel good or something feels good doesn't mean it is good for you because it be 
could yeah. be a trauma bond you mistake for love it just or or wishful thinking or shadow projection a positive shadow projection and you just go with it without discernment in that uh, in that case also means not just this this uh, critical thinking i just talked about but discernment meaning what you just alluded to knowing yourself you know like oh something gets activated you know childhood wound my uh, whatever my um attachment uh, anxiety um gets activated or the grasping or these projections so the more you know yourself your own as Gurdjieff would say your own machine you know you know your own issues the more you become discerning and just don't make impulsive decisions just because uh, based on feelings yeah and also just because you don't like something may also not mean that it's necessarily bad or wrong because I've known just through discernment and knowing myself if a teacher or like someone kind of like bothers me in the beginning then I usually end up liking them later like that happened I really like this meditation teacher Reggie Ray and at first I was like oh he talks so slow it's so boring I want to fall asleep and then I ended up one day I just I realized I really need to uh, I really need different meditations to do that are that really work for me and for his somatic approach really worked for me that's so that's happened to me a few times actually I forget someone else there's there's it's been a few times where I, and even with I triggered you yeah that's what I was just gonna say <laughs> even in the beginning you know when we before we were first talking I knew you know but there was an intensity of emotions that came up I was in India at the time and I I just knew through my own discernment that this wasn't about you, that this was my old stuff being activated. And I also knew to sit with that and to not respond to it. So for the discernment is really like an inner and outer thing. I think that's really the key. Now that's, that's funny that you mentioned about Reggie Ray because uh, I had a similar thing with Sri Aurobindo, which I actually wrote about in my last essay, recent essay, um, the necessity to surrender to the divine and spiritualize the being. Um, and, you know, listeners maybe know I've gotten really deep into Sri Aurobindo's integral yoga and quote from reference a lot has really had a big impact on, on me over the past few years. But when I first heard from him, of him, a friend introduced me to him, I got, I got literally just triggered by his name. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I was like, I had an, you know, I had an aversion to this whole guru culture and, and you know, something felt just, you know, just another Sri. I didn't want to <laughs> take that serious. Um, so my own bias actually was in the way of yeah. being discerning. Yeah. Right. And then through another synchronicities, f- f- more, you know, another person gave me a book of, and fell, until I finally got over my ba- bias, I learned to not judge something before I had to lo- looked into and then read it. And it's like, Oh my God, this is not what I thought it is. Yeah. Boom. And that kind of, you know, so you make a very good point. So even with information, uh, we get teachings or whatnot, just because something makes you feel good doesn't mean it's true. Number one, right? Which we see a lot in the new age. There's a lot of new age channel material just makes people feel good, but it it's very distorted. With me. That's another, that ties into that as well. We want to get into the topic of resonance. Or like you said, just a, some, because something uh, makes you feel bad or irritates you doesn't mean it's not true. Yeah. And then also discernment means that 
just because, like, for instance, I really like Gabor Mate right now. He's this, I'm sure you guys have heard of him. I'm not going to explain who he is. But um, but just because I like him as a person and I like his teachings, I also need to practice this just healthy mm-hmm. discernment if he says something that just doesn't land for me. Because that allows me to have my own individual autonomy and not be like, oh, just because Gabor Mate says it, it's true. Yeah. Like when we follow someone blind and we just believe everything they say, that's usually also a huge flag that we don't have this discernment we're just like oh just because he says it it's like trusting these authority figures and you know not also seeing that every single human unless they're enlightened is also going to have their own biases their own belief systems you know even when I talk to healers and psychics that I really like I also have discernment when I speak to them it's like I can see that everyone filters through their own belief systems their own life experiences and just because I like some of what someone says doesn't mean everything of what someone says is true thank you for saying that's a very important point because I know um, experiences in my work as you know people who read my articles and essays know that I quote a lot from different resources different teachers different teachings different modalities all across the board but here's the thing I've so many times I actually almost involuntarily tune turn people onto certain uh, teachings I don't or modalities I actually don't fully agree with I don't want to mention any names right now maybe in the second hour <laughs> um, um and then they got, you know, um, at, you know, reflected back to me. Well, you know, you quoted them. So, you know, I thought that you support their work. It's like, no, I quoted a specific excerpt yeah. from that person, which I, when I quote something in my work is something because I've, um, experienced it myself. It, uh, or confirms my research. You know, it's just because I quote somebody doesn't mean I automatically agree or support the whole body of work mm. of somebody. Yeah, right? I get that too a lot because like I've quoted Osho, even Reggie Ray recently had a bit of a thing lately in his organization, but I don't follow the teacher. The teacher is at least, well, Osho is kind of interesting, but the teacher is the least interesting part to me. <laughs> is, are, is what they're saying true or not? And a lot of people who I feel they almost like don't have, like they, their discernment is all about who this person is and, and what did they do behind the scenes yeah that is part of it you know but is is what they say does what they say um truthful to you and that's all that matters to me so i get this a lot um who else have i quoted i think i quoted muji once and people are like oh yeah, I ever since that muji. happens exactly and then and then it's like but i don't yeah. care about muji i'm not on here talking about oh how great muji is he's the guru i want to worship him i'm just quoting something that i've also found to be true and you know people it's like people under the guise of being discerning, try and throw out the baby with the bathwater, basically. And so this is a whole other topic. That's but when whole, people but, are, but I've seen on Facebook, especially on your on your timeline, when you quoted Osho Muji, that people jumping on like, "Have you, you know, have you heard about you know what do you think about him?" Blah blah, yeah, or almost basically dismissing the quote, the content, mm-hmm. because of whatever he has been exposed for, mm-hmm. right? And not even questioning that to begin with, and. You know, we always never know what truly happened, but that's actually a good example of a logical fallacy. Yeah. Right. It's, you know, um, it also ties into, um, attacking the messenger and not focusing on the message, right? Regardless what this person is doing, is, is the content true? Yeah. Right. So, yeah. but then they divert. I think it's because they don't have discernment. And so since they don't have discernment, they aren't able to hear a truth from a teacher who is also flawed. You know what I mean? See, that's a great thing. People have... 
that ties into these projections what you but that's why also your approach i have a similar same approach to you know careful of how what you project into a teacher right the positive yeah. shadow projection all of a sudden you're so infatuated with them that you you know believe everything this person says there's no discernment anymore yeah. when in fact everybody's quote-unquote flawed depending on their level of being right where they're at as well and i refer back to to the quote by neil Kramer, and i'm paraphrasing like he said he mentioned alan watts steiner uh mainly p hall said amazing things and but they were also flawed beings right yeah. or characters and whatnot but this perfection and imperfection i said can coexist together yeah so nothing is black and white and i'm also not the one to throw the baby with the bathwater. but people are so caught in binary thinking of either or right yeah so you know yeah you're either good or you're evil exactly so you know once person got exposed for something all of a sudden you throw away all the teachings but then right? you also speaking of this topic though then when you read these like exposés on gurus you also have to have the discernment to look at it from a purely journalistic standpoint like yes. is this person being is this person being objective do they have a motive here are they leaning towards a certain side and once you understand like basic journalism and how you, i mean it's hard too because we have such a uh, unethical journalistic standard to begin with right now so the norm is to put smear campaigns against the left or the right or whatever. But to, to be to be a balanced journal piece of journalism, you have to show both sides. And most of these campaigns, they really have a certain agenda, especially, I don't want to name this person, but to take someone down. So already there's a bias there. Yeah, if somebody calls himself guru slayer... <laughs> That's already a big indication of a bias right there. Yeah, because their and identity is dependent on being able to yeah. do this. Yeah, no, that's true. Like because people, we talk. Maybe we have talked about this in the past podcasts, but especially nowadays, people get into the uh, this um, rage porn. Outrage you know, porn. Outrage yeah, porn. Yeah, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean, yeah. everybody jumps in the same bandwagon, reads an article. Oh, have you heard what happened to this? This guy needs to be exposed. And this, and it's not to be said that. Uh, pathological individuals who have abused and hurt other people shouldn't be exposed or shouldn't be talked about but it's it, how are you doing it in what manner yeah. what is where's the discernment and what kind of judgment like you said it's very bad journalism it's very like emotionally manipulative yeah very, and driven by sensationalism which people feed off like yeah. it's, it's the oldest thing in book like people feed off like celebrity gossip exactly right? it gives them something to do to talk about other people just the loose too right? out of this I, I can gossip see, we had actually a we can go deeper. I want to let me talk about uh, maybe I don't want to name names in the first hour. Maybe in the membership <laughs> section, we can go deeper. Um, but we talked about this on the forum as well, you know, with incidences, you know, about the right speech and the issue of gossip and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, and and how do you talk? How do you talk about, you know, because we all want to be discerning. We talk about certain individuals out there and truth community and uh, spiritual teachers. What is truth? What is lies? How we can, can be discerning? How can we talk about it? Right. Because we need to find a way to talk about it and not falling just into, you know, Almost the new age distortion, like I remember this yoga teacher once said at the end of, of her class, if you have nothing good to say about another person, better say nothing at all. Mm -hmm. It kind of also is like this avoidance can, you know, leave room for abuse and just looking away, you know, from yeah. what needs to be looked at. But how do we talk about it? Like you said, it's it's most important, for example, just to talk about the work without character assassination Yeah, and these kind of things. And, and I've... And where is it coming from, too? And that's the, the true intention can really only be truthfully known by you and you being honest with yourself. Exactly, because I can 
totally put the mirror on myself. I used to talk out about a lot of distortions and other people in, in, in the truth community kind of for the nonsense that is out there. But I know for the most part, it's just really just focus on what they said, right? Nothing, no personal attacks, not at hominem attacks and whatnot. Uh, but I can also see sometimes my own stuff get triggered when I get really annoyed by another person. Yeah. Right. And so I can see that my, my, uh, discernment is not clear because I'm already like have my own bias, you know, my yeah. own stuff gets activated. Yeah. So I then have, can see I've thrown out the bay with the bath water because we also need to acknowledge on that note that we can never have a hundred percent objective view. You know, regardless, we can be discerning to a certain degree, but our own stuff still gets intermixed here and there a little bit. Yeah, with most stuff. And also, it just also reminds me too, this discernment, I feel, goes hand in hand with intuition because like, uh, I just lost my thought in the middle of the sentence. But basically, like, in order to really be truly discerning, we have to be somewhat objective. And I think there are things you can be objective about. Oh, yeah. I remember what I was going to say. Okay, so this thing also about... Um, discernment also involves your own conscience as well so like mm. and then the conscience is something that you need to grow it's not something that is a given so especially with right speech that was a huge topic that came up in my mind i think you know i read a lot of books on buddhism so it's probably i've learned about it there but there came a point where my own conscience had grown to the point where if i was about to write something gossipy or projecting projecting on someone it literally felt like my thoughts were creating poison in me that I was drinking. And only you will know when you get that feeling. So, you know, maybe we can tell when other people, we can have our, you know, intuition when other people are doing it. But that's really, I think, the job for a person, because the more that we're able to be with those feelings and to recognize, okay, you know, what's going on for me in this moment, the more that we actually grow a conscience and the more we actually develop deeper discernment. That's a very good point. So that goes back to what we said at the beginning, like everything is interrelated. So to really develop better discernment, better intuition, better critical thinking, all goes together. All centers need to work harmoniously. So the more you work on yourself sincerely, the sincerity is key on your basic wounds, traumas, your unconscious aspects, shadow projections, triggers, and all of that. There's a spiritual work of meditation, stilling the mind, rejecting thoughts. Uh, the more your conscience, your true self comes to the front, the more your conscience develops, the harder it is to lie to yourself. And then you know where, when you say certain things or approach certain topics or other people, where it's truly coming from. And I can relate to that. You know, there's many people who are very not very conscious on the surface consciousness, they revel in gossip, talking shit about other people, yeah. right? But the more you develop a conscience, the harder it is to do because you feel that's, that's icky, like literally something else is feeding off of it. Yeah. And that's what these occult forces, hyperdimensional entities also feed off of this lower frequency of just gossip, talking behind other people's backs and all of that, where it's like you make yourself feel better by talking bad about another person. And just from a, like, you know, a karmic perspective, no one likes being talked about as well. And the more that you're doing that with other people, I feel just for myself, the more that I'm also opening myself up to more of that too. Mm -hmm. So, so again, back to the discernment. So when you, when we, you know, some the discussion came up on the forum. We want to be discerning about uh, somebody's work, what is true, what is lie. And I, so many people send me, ask me, you know, uh, what do I think about this person, this teacher, and that, and that is it valid, is it not? Like, I'm not the authority here. <laughs> I cannot tell. You know, I'm just can share what I've come across based on my own research and experiences. And 
but I cannot say about anything until I have like my thumb of rule. It's similar to Gurdjieff said, you know, I don't believe anything until I've experienced it for myself, right? In the sense, or mm. verified it for myself. Yeah. You know, and, and that's really what it comes down to in this. It's a continuing, continuing learning. Always. And another, I just realized another good way to build, um, you know, your own intu intuitive faculties is to work with like divination arts. Like I started, what I started doing is developing a re relationship, not a reliance on tarot cards. So every day I would pull a spread and I would see what would happen in my day. And in doing that, you start, you start, you know, Uh, developing a sense of what intuition feels like and what's a strong emotion. So there's like three categories. I know I'm going back to intuition, but there's really three categories. There's a strong emotion, there's your intuition, and there, your gut feeling, and they're separate things, but they can be interrelated. And then it's also having the discernment to be able to tell which is which and which is coming in that moment, which means you have to have the level of self-awareness and self-honesty to be truthful to yourself and that's the hardest part because i find that i mean i even notice this in like you and me too but it's e it's really easy to lie to yourself and we often lie to ourselves about the thing that we're least willing to face and this is that's that's our work for this lifetime the, th the thing that we're lying to ourselves about and so anyway that's, that's why no that's a good important point that's why Again, like I mentioned, or we mentioned many times before, there's only so much you can do self-work on your own. Yeah. Because it's easy to delude yourself. And we need sometimes the feedback, the mirroring from other people who are also engaged in the work to point out our blind spots or correct our perception sometimes. Because yeah. we can feel, we can mistake, like we said, intuition for all kinds of things and that, or, or discernment is off and whatnot. But this also ties into the topic of resonance, of resonating with something mm. or someone. That's a big one as well. Yeah, because right. you can like you can resonate with someone who is a trauma bond relationship. So you can be like, oh, I really get what you're saying. So resonance can just come. My wounds match your wounds, or exactly. my you can, my projections match your projections. Or if, even with teachings, you can basically resonate with lies, with distortions, because that's the lie that you want to believe. Exactly the wishful thinking. So you know that's why also people you know sometimes there's truth in that. You know, there's let's not forget there's truth in resonating. Right. But again, similar to intuition, you need to be in a certain state of being, not only mind, and have a certain self-awareness and quietness and, and stillness within to be able to have this true deeper resonance on a connected to your true self with truth. Yeah. As opposed to your biases, your wounds, your emotional projections your wishful thinking and all of that yeah exactly like something can resonate with your like wounded self and you could feel that as an energetic match but it may not necessarily be good for you exactly or like in teachings so many you know people say oh this channel material i resonate with this it must be true that's you know but on the same token a lot of fundamentalist christians literally resonate quote unquote, with the Bible and believe that the earth is only 6,000 years old. They resonate. That's how they feel. They resonate with that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so we need to be very careful when we talk about our resonance with this teaching. Where is this resonance coming from? Can we truly trust that? Right. Yeah. So you want to move on to judgment? Is that um, Yeah. I wanted to say something else about um, discernment, discernment or resonance or just what was it? And it's really important to, you know, You know, that we develop this deeper intuition and discernment because, as you said, there is a lot of um, 
there's a lot of bullshit out there, to be honest. And there's a lot of people who we, I don't, I don't deny that the fact that we are in a period of spiritual awakening and emotional upheaval. And we do need a lot of people out there, like working with people one on one who are doing this kind of work. But at the same time, we have so many people who are just snake oil salesmen, basically saying they're going to remove your chakras or give you a Kundalini awakening or whatever they're selling. And this, and even just looking at it on a mainstream matrix perspective, like if we had this deeper discernment and intuition, then we wouldn't accept these lies that these politicians are telling us. Like because would, if you're true, exactly, if you're truly embodied, you actually sense that something is off. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No if, matter what they're saying and how good it sounds to you. So that's. Uh, that brings up first I wanted to just to what came to me what I forgot to say about resonance there's also the saying when people say oh just you know take what resonates and leave the rest you know this kind of saying mm-hmm. which also it's very tricky if you not really have a certain level of being you can also just leave what is true and take what is false yeah or you could be right? like leave what act- what's challenging or what's triggering cha- just because it's triggering you and challenging yeah. doesn't make you feel good doesn't mean it's not true again that's that's the important part mm-hmm. right so but what were we just saying about yeah about the other people so that's a question you know I've, I've written something recently on Facebook asking the question have you ever felt off about someone's writings or spoken words in person or whatever or th- through an article, even though the something is off about it, even though the words themselves, he or she writes or speaks, may be true, right? So there's that discernment as well, that a person can be actually appearing very eloquent, say the right things, and we have, I've experienced it many times, I'm, I'm sure you as well, but energetically something feels off there's another impression you're getting yeah because words are just words we have to keep that in mind like doesn't matter like uh this teacher i was listening to recently she mentioned about how you know people in yoga classes or whatever workshops would be like to say you are safe here that's just you saying you're safe like how does that person actually feel are they safe here so Mm. you can say whatever you want it doesn't actually mean that that's really what's going on like we this is also tying in again about how we worship the intellect how how i think a lot of us fall into like wishful thinking if someone says something you want to believe it's true but to be honest like words are just words it's just the actions and the level of being are what really back it up and that's a big issue i feel nowadays on the internet especially social media because anybody who has like some good grammar vocabulary is good in writing can regurgitate any truth spiritual wisdom and whatnot right but it doesn't necessarily reflect their level of being and awareness and embodiment at all just because they're eloquent in presenting it yeah right and then people project onto that person whatnot uh, and just uh, go sorry. ahead. Yeah. And just because, like, I even know for myself, just because someone's written something, that doesn't mean that they're living that reality all the time. That's the kind of person they are. Like, I've written things that come from way higher place than my normal frequency. You know, it's like what I'm striving towards, but doesn't mean that I'm always in that space. So, yeah, and even on a more pathological level, I know that in- very intellectually gifted people can purposely manipulate others via almost like NLP yeah, techniques, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And intellectual sophism, you know, uh, even like it's known that psychopaths actually 
high function psychopaths in society in, in place of higher power have a high IQ, a very intelligent, yeah. hiding behind the mask of sanity and uh, a masses in manipulation through their words, you know, um, appearing as very empathetic and eloquent and understanding and whatnot. But the internal landscape is, is a whole different story, right? Yeah, I think you, you can move on to judgment because I'm just noticing that we uh – yeah, so thirteen move minutes on, left. Move on, yeah. That's yeah. so. But I want to go deep into that. Maybe we can do in the second. Yeah, in hour. the second we hour. Have, we have a whole another. Yeah, yeah, hour. yeah. But yeah, judgment. But that's yeah, judgment. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's so a big word this too. Is the right? last one. Yeah, and everyone's saying don't don't judge, don't judge. And I feel that truly the only person who can judge is the divine or God. Like that's the person who actually is quote unquote judging on a higher level of the, but I don't even think it's a judgment in that sense, but I feel it's more like this karmic equalizer. It's more judgment is more related to like justice, you know? And I feel just as my own interpretation, by the way, you can take it or leave it, but it's, um, <laughs> if you resonate with it, or yeah, not. if you resonate with it or not, but judgment involves like for myself when, a day-to-day basis is it's also linked to conscience and my conscience but it's like what are my ethics and values on what is right or wrong with just when in my own life you know we could have a whole I don't want to get a whole conversation about ethics here but just in what my values are and that's how I decide you know like I can make um, a judgment whether or not I want to work with a client or not I'm making a judgment there it's not that I'm making a judgment about them or their journey it's just Mm. is this the right choice for me you know based Based on intuition, based on discernment, and also based on what my values are. Like I even recognize now, like I can't work with every single person who comes to me, but there's certain people who I work really well with, you know, so it's able to make those kinds of, so judgment isn't a good or bad thing. It ties more to discernment even every day, like also ties into making appropriate boundaries, right? Yeah. Yeah, but I feel that like what what people in the new age define as judgment is when it's also linked to discernment as well as like, no, we should just see everything equally. We should have no preferences. And the reality is, is that this is not true. It's like you always are going to have preferences. You even have a preference not to have a preference. So like you can't escape that. Your soul is also developed to have certain likes and dislikes. That's just the reality. It doesn't Based mean... It doesn't mean that you're guided you have to be completely guided by that but you just have to acknowledge that that's going to be present exactly and because we're all in the process of individualizing awakening and whatnot so we still have our own biases our karma you know our past actions affect also our likes and dislikes and whatnot on so many different levels and unconscious ways we're not actually aware of at all mm-hmm. right we all have these preferences to a degree we don't even really know where they come from maybe from childhood you know, it could be, you know, childhood wounding or just just habit, so to speak, or past life. But you're right. I feel in the new age when the people say don't judge, then they 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 throw out everything with the baby with the bathwater, including discernment. Yeah. Right? And everything needs to accept it, equality and all of that. Yeah. Because everything is one. They mistake oneness, think that everybody is the same as well and we're all equal. Yeah. And understanding that oneness, true oneness also from the spiritual perspective recognizes difference. Yeah. Right? And within that, we need to be discerning, mm-hmm. you know, especially also what is coming from our lower nature, from our, you know, egoic self and what is coming more from our true higher self. You know, that's already a discernment right there, yeah. which is uh, important in any esoteric teaching, right? They talk about like the, you know, the rejection of, you know, Shirobinda talks about the rejection of the lower nature and in, in these vital impulses and acceptance of this higher truth. So there's a discernment right there. And you can say it, it's a quote unquote judgment, but it's, it's more of that 
in a discernment. I think what they mean when they say like new age people like don't judge, they think that people are making snap decisions based on emotional biases. And that's to me like if I mean maybe this is my Libra side, but when I'm going to like judge something, make me make a decision based on my own preferences. I, I, I take in, I mean, ideally I should take in both sides of the equation. Like what would it be if I like made this decision or that decision? And then also understanding my intentions and what my values are and then making a judgment that's in alignment with taking me closer to my higher values and not just what my mind says I should do or whatever other programming. Yeah. And also if your judgment gets distorted when, you know, definitely when you have a very negative projection, you can see something, oh, this is a pathological individual psychopath. But if you project your hate and anger onto it, this is an evil, you know, mm -hmm. that's your, you're doing a quote unquote, uh, quote unquote false judgment because it's filtered through your own hate and issues and you're actually acting, you're playing in that game that you're trying to expose, so to speak. Yeah. Right. That kind of, uh, lower self egoic consciousness. Um, But I think it, it's very important what you mentioned at the uh, beginning when you talked about judgment, to be truly, to judge truly, you need to be on the level of the divine yeah. and see with the eyes of the divine. And a lot of the judgments we have against other people are pure shadow projection, meaning yes. we judge something in ourselves or we repressed it in ourselves and then we judge other people really harshly. Especially if it's very emotionally driven, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So... Yes, let me think that's perfect timing to finish the first hour with this quote by the mother. And here she goes. Until your vision is constantly the vision of the divine in all things, you have not only no right, but no capacity to judge the state which others are in. And to pronounce a judgment on someone without having this vision spontaneously, effortlessly, is precisely an example of the mental presumptuousness of which Sri Aurobindo always spoke. And it so happens that one who has the vision, the consciousness, who is capable of seeing the truth in all things, never feels the need to judge anything, whatever. For he understands everything and knows everything. Therefore, once and for all, you must tell yourselves that the moment you begin to judge things, people, circumstances, you're in the most total human ignorance. In short, one could put it like this. When one understands, one no longer judges, and when one judges, it means that one doesn't know. Judging people is one of the first things which must be totally swept away from the consciousness before you can take even a step on the supramental path, because that is not a material progress or a bodily progress. It is only a very little progress of thought, a mental progress. And unless you have swept your mind clean of all its ignorance, you cannot hope to take a step on the supramental path. All those who have truly and sincerely had the experience of the Divine Presence, all those who have truly been in contact with the Divine, have always said the same thing, that sometimes, even often, it is in what is most decried in by men, most despised by men, most condemned by human, quote, wisdom, that one can see the Divine Light shining. They are not mere words, they are living experiences. All these ideas of good and evil, good and bad, higher, lower, all these notions belong to the ignorance of the human mind. And if one really wants to come in contact with the divine life, one must liberate oneself totally from this ignorance. One must rise to a region in consciousness or of consciousness where these things have no reality. 
the feeling of superiority or inferiority completely disappears. It is replaced by something else, which is of a very different nature, a sort of capacity for filtering appearances, penetrating behind masks, shifting the point of view. And these are not mere words. It is altogether true that everything changes its appearance, totally, that life and things are completely different from what they appear to be. All this contact, this ordinary perception of what the world of the world loses its reality completely. This is what appears unreal, fantastic, illusory, non-existent. There's something, something very material, very concrete, very physical, which becomes the reality of the being and which has nothing in common with the ordinary way of seeing. When, when one has this perception, the perception of the work of the divine force, of the movement being worked out behind the appearance, in the appearance, through the appearance, One begins to be ready to live something truer than the ordinary human falsehood, but not before. And with that being said, let's talk more about discernment, intuition, and judgment. In the second hour, if you're not already a member, go to my website, veilofreality.com. You can sign up there and have also access to the forum where we discuss these and other topics as well and we also have live monthly group calls on zoom uh, that's too. true they're really nice too we may all to we meet once a month all together there's a zoom link posted on the forum and have a live zoom call which also will be recorded and accessible for anybody uh, uh, on the membership all right guys see you in the second hour